You are listening to TV on the Throne, a Game of Thrones podcast brought to you by TVAteMyDinner.com. God's not dumb with you yet. I've heard that before. Anne was talking about a different god, though. Well, maybe he was right. I don't know much about the gods. You're in the wrong line of work. Oh, there's plenty of pious sons of bitches who think they know the word of God or gods. I don't. I don't even know their real names. Maybe it is the seven. Or maybe it's the old gods. Or maybe it's the Lord of Light. I don't know. What matters, I believe, is that there's something greater than us. And whatever it is, it's got plans for Sandor Clegane. You don't know the things I've done. I've heard stories. If the gods are real, why haven't they punished me? They have. In TV, TV on the throne. And TV, TV on the throne. And TV, TV on the throne. And TV, TV on the throne. TV on the throne. My name is Sean. I'm sitting here with Andrew. Hello, sir. We are getting ready to talk about episode seven. Yes, seven. of season six. Yes, the, the broken, broken man. man. And we told this like... last week that it was going to be the Hound. I yeah, think and I'm glad because we were worried that they were hinting around about bringing Lady Stoneheart or some of that kind of stuff. I really hope that they just leave that out, but. Well, I think we'll get to it in the next couple of episodes, but I think they kind of close that off, too. So, we'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Good, I hope so, because there's no time left for new information. Like, even this one, bringing in Ian McShane, you're like, oh, no, how's this going to go? But Yeah, we were, we were saying right before we started recording that that's like a little bit of an Oberyn thing. Oberyn, too. Because he's, so, he's just so awesome in every scene. Yeah, it's unfortunate because I can understand the the economy of storytelling. Like, we have to get this across. We need someone with the gravitas to sell it, but we can't have this be a nine episode arc because that's just not how the story's moving these days. So it really does feel like an old school TV thing where it's like, I'll just like you have to be good and blah 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 and dibbity dabbity do. It's like, oh my god, this guy's gonna die immediately. I know because he's just so awesome. And that's the mm-hmm. thing. It's not just that it's Ian McShane and he's just doing his whole thing. It's also like the guy, the character is just like, I don't care what it's called. He's got to be a good person. Like he's such a, he's like the coolest he's the preacher moral ever. moral compass of the <laughs> you know? entire story all of a sudden. It's never <laughs> yeah. too late. Just start doing good things. He's like, he, yeah, simple. he's the most level-headed person on the show so far. You're like, oh my goodness, I like this guy. He's the only one that's not, like blinded by conviction and, you know, it's like, just be cool, man. <laughs> it's just a little hippie commune. I like it. It's, yeah, but you also know that they're doomed because like these people look super happy. <laughs> they like yeah. a little piece but of it, paradise here, and <laughs> it's not. It's gonna last. The, we're skipping to the end, but it is it is almost ridiculous. It's like how far out did he go to chop wood that the entire settlement got massacred? 
while yeah. he was out. Chopping wood. It's like, did you just I, go sleep out for a while? Maybe I do like how they. Happened. I do like how they started this episode with the cold open. They've only done like three of those. I was going to say that. That's yeah. awesome. That is not typical of this show. So that's how you know they're they're also trying to give something a little bit more weight. They're like, well, we got a big reveal and we want to do it at the beginning, and this is how you do that. And they also said that his name has to be in the credits so you'd see it. And so if they can go ahead and do the big surprise before they roll the credits, <laughs> then you're like, oh, okay, uh-huh. cool, yeah. I wouldn't that's have noticed it too. probably, but still. yeah. Or just save it. That's what Daredevil did. Like when they yeah, brought back Fisk, they didn't they didn't credit him until the very end because they had that big reveal and they didn't want to spoil it. Oh yeah, it. they said and featuring, you know, yeah, that was cool. I thought it was smart. Because the one thing about those Netflix shows is you don't get the reveal spoiled because just every episode comes out all at once. It's like there's not all the speculation on the internet. Like, I heard this guy got something like Ian McShane. We like known for a year that Ian McShane was going to be on the show. I'm like, well, who the hell is he? They cast all the characters. There can't be new characters now. I love too that he is just like um, <laughs> he like he did such a good he's such a good actor because he doesn't care at all about the show <laughs> because he like. In a, in a weird way, because but it feels like he's just the one of the most committed actors in the episode. But he, because I remember he spoiled that that he's resurrected one of the best, you know, beloved characters or something. Yeah, and then that's a spoiler. Gave, I mean, for him to say one of them comes back. Well, people gave him a bunch of shit about it. Did you see that? And did you see what his response was? No. He's like, it's just tits and dragons, guys. Come on, get over it. I was like, that's awesome. I was like, that's awesome. (laughs) Which is true. If you don't want to know, don't read the damn interview. Yeah, why are you reading? Yeah, it's like... Yeah, when I didn't want to know about Star Wars, I didn't read any of that crap behind the scenes. Yeah, people get really into that. It's like, when I... Yeah, absolutely. It's like when we saw Star Wars... No, we saw Star Wars at night, but it was some other movie. But also with Game of Thrones, if I don't watch it, like, say, right when it comes on, like, this time... This past time we'll get to it, but I was watching other shows, and but I was like, oh, I'll get to it. But I didn't go on Twitter. I didn't go to places where I could be spoiled. I was like, I can take a break for the internet for 24 hours, you know. Yeah. It's not going to I saw die. Star Wars, like, on Sunday, so it was like, we were on full lockdown for days. Like, I, I mean, somebody needs me, they'll text, they'll text me or email me, but yeah. the other stuff just, is just my, you know, just leisure internet, so I can Yeah, it's just me not from looking that. at stuff. <laughs> yeah. Because everybody gets or in so the case mad of Megan, headlines. it's like people at work coming at you like, hey, hey, this isn't fair. I don't have yeah. a choice here. Well, that's, man, Game of Thrones is a bummer, though. If you don't watch it on Sunday night, people want to talk about it Monday morning. I was like, man. Uh, yeah. I guess well, it's like, it just sucks. I was like, you watch that shit. Come on. That's why Game <laughs> of Thrones is one of the few shows. I mean, we watch everything streaming on demand, but Game of Thrones, we have HBO now. So you it's can the only watch show I watch, yeah. Like, Game of Thrones is so serious that, I mean, it's it's to the point where we, it's not even afterwards. It's like uh, my friends Ryan and Alicia will start texting us during the show, and we'll do, like, right. a live chat during the show. So if we skip the show, we get these texts that we can't even look at. And then the next day, you go, sorry, I went dark, but, you know, I just didn't have time to watch the episode. So, yeah. so I just had to cut you off there. That got to the point where we were at my parents' house last weekend. And mm-hmm. we watched Game of Thrones with my parents. Because they watch Game of Thrones, but they don't watch things as they come on either. But I'm like, well, right. you're going to have to catch up so we can watch this. Because they were an episode behind. It's like, you got the weekend. Let's watch it. Let's go oh, ahead I did and that watch too. Because I mentioned we're catching up right now. Spoiler alert. We've already watched like two episodes. But I was yeah, on vacation right. last week at the beach. And my cousin 
who's 30, she, she was, we were going to watch it together because we've always watched that. It always had, a lot of times it was always episode eight or nine when we were at the beach house, but I was like, okay, let's watch it. And she has a little two-year-old son. And so we had different condos this year and I was like, all right, I'll come over. We'll watch it. And I went over to her parents, my aunt and uncle's condo. Like, yeah, she's in there putting Everett down. I'm like, cool, cool. I got the computer set up, laptop with like HBO Go ready. I'm like, all right. We had like a drink. I'm like, cool. I'm just talking to my family. And then they're like, I think she fell asleep in there. I was like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? And it's like, yep, she fell asleep. And I was like, oh my. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to go home and watch this thing. I'm not going <laughs> to wait. Yeah, I have to watch it. Screw this up for me. I felt like a child because like I could just wait. I was like, no, I, this is my <laughs> exciting time of the week. Yeah, I know. It's like I can't. I'll go huddle over my so laptop many, somewhere. Like budgetary and technology decisions based purely on Game of Thrones because I remember we didn't have HD and we didn't care oh, yeah. because we were like watching Hulu and stuff, but we didn't. HBO Now didn't exist, so we were still watching HBO to see Game of Thrones. We're like, well, we're gonna have to go. We're going to have to yeah. go Comcast and get an HD box because we got, you know, Game of Thrones is coming. I got to see it, what, man. Like, yeah. They timed HBO now to come out in time for Game of Thrones, the new season. That's how important that was. It's like, we got to have this out because that's our major subscription drive right there. Yeah, it used to be much more brutal when, like, because now I have HBO, but it used to be like, I used to like <laughs> download legally on the internet <laughs> after the episode. But you're always waiting for it to come up and then it becomes this thing and then trying to download and it takes forever and that download failed. I'm like, it's like one in the morning, but I'm going to watch this. I've got to <laughs> see it tonight. So it was oh. now it's much nicer. And apparently, too, it's pretty um, convenient for people in the West Coast because I thought they just had to wait, but they can just get an HBO Go 2 and watch it at six. I was like, that's nice. That's really nice because... Because HBO now is is the web only version, and that's yeah, like it was the same thing. Yeah. Had. yeah, well, Go is uh, Go is that's tied like your the on demand version. Yeah, yeah. but it's now like is like completely free. Yeah, it's just the streaming service, and it's great. But it's cool how they put up movies and whatever their shows are the moment it goes, it starts yeah, for everybody on the channel. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty cool. That's good on them. So, all right. Well, we had the hound, and he's in awesome hippie land, and then we just go away. We know they're yeah. going to die. <laughs> the hound has the most classic TV trope storyline of all time in this episode, because he is just the bad guy who falls in with the good people who take him in, and then all the kindly urchins that, that were taking care of him and teaching him to be a better person are horribly murdered. Right. <laughs> like, that's that's good... like, that happens a lot. It's sort of like the governor, but instead of ever becoming a good guy... The government right. just became an even bigger psychopath. Right. So. But there's a lot of, this whole season of Game of Thrones is about introducing concepts that you really don't see throughout the rest of the series. It is almost like now that they've gotten free of George R. R. Martin, you wonder if they've just gone completely rogue as to what the nature of the story even is. Because there's so much more conscience at work in this season. Like, not only like when the good guys have the backs against the wall, every now and then someone actually does come and rescue them and help them. Yeah. But you actually have people in the show saying, like, this is the way people are supposed to act. This is what's good. Because you always liked Game of Thrones and it was an interesting story and you wanted to see people versus zombies, but you never really thought of it as a morality play as much because everyone is in some way kind of horrible. And it's just, well, because the threads are all 
still going off in their own direction. So you had no idea what was supposed to happen or any kind of redemption or, and this is, I heard that about this season or did we talk about this? I just heard about this. What's cool about this season. It's not just that it's not just that things are happening. It's not just that, you know, the stuff is moving along super fast and people can travel from (laughs) hundreds of miles in one episode, you know, or from episode to episode, which is fine. Who cares? Yeah. Like the land, you know, Yara and them are the Atlantis, right? (laughs) That's like, that's like hundreds of leagues. Like, but it's that now in the show for the first time with all these characters, it's not a chance for them to have a happy ending, but it's a chance for them to have redemption. Have meaning. Like, you know, yeah. So for like the Hound to have redemption, for Arya to have redemption, for John to have all those things. To have people like, even Sansa. considering that, you know, right, as, right, as being yeah. necessary in the story is new. Yeah. And that's what's cool because now you're like, oh, neat. Because even like Oberyn yeah. was his thing. We liked him and went up, but it wasn't about that. But now this is a very soulful journey for all these characters now. Because they're, they're yeah. Even Oberon was just about vanity and revenge. He wasn't. He kept right. saying justice, but he didn't care anything. I mean, he didn't care anything about the fact that Tyrion's life was in his hands, and he blew yeah. that for everybody. So, but this is different. Like this is, and in some ways, I mean, you could argue that it's more of a of a traditional kind of TV show in that way because they deal with actual, you know, concepts of morality. <laughs> like we actually have people who have a need to if not be heroic, then at least good. But these people do, in some ways, do heroic things. Yeah. And we see that that energy directed to something with purpose instead of just turning against each other. And I, I think that's a necessary turn because as we go forward towards what has to be the necessary ending of the story, the Game of Thrones takes on a different kind of context because right. it's, it really doesn't matter who becomes king of Westeros right before it gets completely wiped out by zombies. Yeah, it's supposed to matter these people kind of... Be, it, and, and, well, I mean, that's later on this episode, but you really see it because it, it becomes about... You could even go deeper. It becomes about the whole realm, the seven kingdoms all, and everybody having some form of redemption because you can tell how all these northern houses were just so screwed over by everything that happened to them. You know, they follow... Like the guy says, I followed your brother and look what he did. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, it was his fault. All that stuff happened. It was his fault. I mean... Yeah, everything he more, said was right. It's like I, we were dying for him, and he was all, you know, and, getting married and and getting a girl pregnant, and basically we all got killed because he did that. And he's like, "Hell, the Boltons are the ones that helped us get this back, man." I was like, "What are you? You're telling us they're bad, and you want your house back?" It's like they've been nothing but fine because you know. So I I get it, but it's like, but it's also about kind of the whole Stark name being redeemed, right? I guess you know that whole house coming back and. Because they the do represent of their goodness yeah. in the world. Yeah, that's the thing. They represent integrity. And, and they, they have to sort of convince people that the Stark name still means something, like that the Starks are still alive and that that house is... It's sort of like how, how he ends the conversation with them. is like, how Stark is dead. I don't have an obligation to you guys anymore. We fought with you until your whole house was destroyed and now you come to me like these remnants and want me to do it all over again when you don't even have a home. Right. And it's like it's like they got swat there. I mean, cause, I mean, we've talked about how you know there's various versions, and it's kind of muddied that integrity a little bit with Ned and stuff. But that integrity is what swallowed them whole for most of these first few seasons, right? Because mm-hmm. they tried to do the right thing and they followed their heart and did you know. But then that got Honor into trouble too. Is what yeah. did them. Not integrity yeah. so much. I mean, they do have a certain ethic, but it's that concept of honor that screwed them over every time. 
Well, because you, but you can even feel in the in the both cases where not just honor, but just us general goodness, even like in a modern viewer sensibility, right? Like, because you can't fault Ned for stuff he did. You're like, well, he was trying to, and that's what got him. You know what I mean? And then, and then uh, with Rob, you're like, no, but it's like true love, right? He's supposed to be with her. I mean, that's dumb. Yeah. And then he's <clears> being honorable. He still tried about, to man up and apologize and all yeah, that and kind it of just stuff. it just it's like oh, but now it feels like they finally committed, and even that's what killed John too. <laughs> because he was like, these people are people. We need to save them. It doesn't matter what you've been fighting them, you know. That's what everybody's answer is. We've been fighting them for thousands. Like, who cares? Why? John's <laughs> argument was even sadder because it's like, that is the right thing to do, and that's reason enough to do it. But it's actually the pragmatic thing to do. You right. guys still don't understand. If anybody should understand, like, it's the people on the wall. Like, we need all the allies we can get. We need all the living human beings on this side of the wall as we can, because the people left on that side of the wall become zombies. Yeah. They become the enemy. Everyone we don't trust, everyone we don't ally ourselves with, even if even if they're not fighting against us now, if we leave them to be taken over by the White Walkers, then they become part of that army against us. Yeah. And but that no being said, well, listen, because most people don't believe in the White Walkers at all. But even the Night's Watch, I think they just their job became fighting wildlings for so long. They forgot the reason they were originally there. Yeah. We've always fought them. I was like, you don't even know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, with with Thorne, it was a, a good it was like it was a, a, an argument you could understand. He's like, but these people we have fought. These ones we fought. I don't know who we fought for generations or who we were put here to fight, but we have been fighting wildlings for such my a, life. But it's such a tragic situation because everybody's fighting because they've always fought. Not for any real reason. Just because that's what they keep saying on the show the entire time. It's like, they put up a wall and you're on the wrong side of it. So now we're going to fight you. You know what I mean? There, there was no... So that's what makes it heartbreaking. It's like, just stop fighting for a second. It's like Batman and Superman, right? It's like, just talk it's, to each other for one second. It's such a... <laughs> and it's such a, a another allegory for, for the way we see these situations in our modern world because that's how most of these conflicts happen. And that's sort of what Ian McShane's character in, in this story is about. Like, If we just look at what's been done, there's perfectly good reason to keep doing it that way. Because it's easy to justify your hate against the sins of another person. And it's easy to justify your own self-worth based on your own sins. But the only thing you can do is stop doing that. That's yeah. the only way it ever ends. You can't, there's no justification and there's no transition. The only way you can stop that is you just have to stop doing it. And, and just hopefully stop that becomes your... the habit. I mean, yeah, it's, it's such a weird thing. Like, it's basically just saying live in the now. You don't have regrets. But he says it in such a very practical way. Like, oh, my goodness. These are life lessons. Because he said, who cares? Just stop well, doing it. It's like, the basic <laughs> principle of goodness. We talked about this in Star Wars 2. It's like when, well, he was a stormtrooper, but now he's helping us, so he's a good guy. It's like, because we can't afford to hold everybody's sins against them forever. If someone's trying to do good, it's ridiculous not to let them. Well, because and that's it, even mean, in Game of Thrones, that's the same ethic. It's like, well, you just have to stop being bad and do your best to be well, good. And that's what it's interesting, too, being biased towards the good side. It feels like good comes from a momentary judgment of saying this is the right thing to do. And whereas badness, like especially like you have in Star Wars character Kylo Ren, it comes from this past self-narrative that they're hanging on to, right? 
but I'm his grandson and I'm I have these feelings and I'm like this and I'm like this and I have to be you know what I mean it's mm-hmm. not just saying what Principle. should I do in this moment to not be you know what is the right thing because they can see and that's why he's kind of with the hounds been tortured by that his entire life he's like I'm shit my brother tortured me so I'm just a horrible person and it's and all too far gone things. now like that's what's funny it, a sense of immediacy does is sort of a principle of, of being good because because what being good is doing what you think is right in that moment everything and, and else the principles like this is what killed ned stark and his entire family when you build up a principle that gets you to do something you don't think is quite right that principle always screws you that keeps you from being good what he did what ned stark did was not good and he doomed the world for the choices that he made, even down to like we were saying, his arguments against Jamie is like, no, you did this thing, so now you're bad forever. It's like, well, that's a terrible attitude. And yeah. that reinforced his own opinion that he was a bad guy. And that informed his decisions later on and, and helped contribute to the downfall of all of society. Like, that's a good metaphor in just those two people. If you guys can't, I mean, you're, you're now on the same side, even. If you yeah. guys can't let that crap go, and just be who you are and accept each other for who you are, then what's the point? What's the point of, of starting over? Like basically burning everything down and starting over, and then you keep all the same petty hatreds and squabbles with you. Right, so that's, and that's what that's I think for really the element of the well, story. I think, well, I think for the... He- and what's cool about Game of Thrones is like they're all heroes in a sense. It's trying to see them become, you know, break free of their past, and the Hound including all these people... And that's what makes the story, those stories satisfying to watch is to see them. Because it's like, you know, the ideal hero character is that kind of chaotic good character, right? <laughs> he's, he's not, he's like, I'll get dirty, but it's all for good. And I know what I need to do, depending on the world they're in. And that's what they always tease at. And for like tiny episodes in there, Rick and the Walking Dead's like that. And then they just go to another extreme. He's either bad or just a wuss. And they does stuff every now and then. That one season, he ripped that dude's throat out. And then he's like, it's fine. I can do horrible things and I kind of enjoy it, but I'm still a good person. And I'll say, yes, that's what we want you to be. There you go. That's well, what because I, that's the difficulty. We understand right. that conflict. Like a situation you put you in the way of having to do that. And that doesn't have to be who you are. But if, if someone's trying to kill you or hurt your kid or whatever and, and you fight them, you probably are going to feel a certain sense of satisfaction killing those people that's human nature right. too that doesn't make you a bad person but you just you just don't give in to that that's what people don't understand that conflict isn't about going back and forth and back and forth and not having any sense of self it's knowing that that is always in you and always has to be kept in check and sometimes right. it isn't it's like the daredevil thing too you know like yeah in yeah, extreme situations yeah i mean in a situation in the world Daredevil's in, he comes off as the Boy Scout compared to a Punisher. Right. Because that's sort of confronting him with another extreme. And it's interesting. Because then he has to be giving that other side of the argument that he might just hear from like a Spider-Man or a Captain well, America. <coughs> yeah. Because it's the yeah. same argument. You don't see the things I have to deal with. Yeah. And they're both compelling arguments. That's why they're cool going off each other, and that's it's just neat. That that's why again, that's why BVS is horrible because there's no actual philosophical grounding. No, there's no consistency <laughs> of character yeah. at all. Right. 
And that's the same problem. I was just watching pictures of them like behind the scenes about how much everyone's working out. I was like, God, this is our every every guest that we ever they even had a picture of Zack Snyder lifting weights. I was like, this is everything we said about these guys just being stereotypical bro douche guys that think like <laughs> that's what makes them cool and tough is how, how much they bench. I was like, God, guys. Yeah. You're yeah. missing it all. It's consistency of character, but it's also nuance. And you can't have either one of those things when people are just behaving like psychopaths for no reason. Like, right. there has to be nuance to the reasons that, that people do things, and there has to be some consistency in... They have to have rules that they don't break. And they don't have to be stated. We have to see that in their actions. And that's every character, whether... You know, whatever the rules are, they're good or bad, but we have to see that, that is, that's their sort of pathology. That's what they follow. And if right. you don't get a sense of that, then you don't have a sense of that character. And or I mean, sometimes it can be mysterious in a way, but that has to be like a character you just don't quite understand them. But they have to be stuff that it gets introduced. You're like, oh, interesting. Like, why would he do that? And you're like, oh, it can't be stuff. I mean, that's why people like shows like Mad Men and stuff because his character is interesting and it kind of unveils his personality over the course of that. But but if you have a character like the Governor or something, <laughs> Walking Dead, it's like he's just. He's just mean. It. It, it, like it just goes it nice yesterday, like, you know. Yeah, and it's like now he's. Why no, is he horrible. just such a crazy person? It just it and even make crazy sense. isn't like that. Crazy isn't that erratic. Even crazy has some sort of rules. That's why we like a character like the Hound. Where what you like to see is you like to see these bad guys, and then you like to get them in a room and find out that they have they have frailties. And, and doubts and things happen to them. Well, and that's they why make those decisions and they want to be good too. Everyone, because in real life, no matter how horrible people are, they want to feel like they're good. Oh, because I don't like yeah. Because I don't go to, I go to that thing like these enemies. Those are just cowards. It's like, well, no, they're not. They fought, and that's why I love how they that Thorn this year when he died and those those speeches. He admitted it and he said, "This is why I did it. I would do it again." And I was like, "Yeah, good for you, you man. I that, like you. This, I like you more than anybody now because you're not being just as." well I'm just a coward and I don't know it's sort of like when you watch uh, if you read Stephen King stories the bad guys are all bad and they're just two dimensionally dumb and awful and they say dumb things and they behave dumbly and they make they say every wrong thing and do every wrong thing because they're just cardboard cut out characters and you you get frustrated because you're like I actually want to like these guys not because I want to like the villain but I just don't get it if I don't see that as a person the villain right. has to at least be tragic to me in some way. I mean, I don't have to sympathize with him, but there has to be something about the character that I that I like in who they are. Not that I think they can be good or that they're redeemable, but that, that I, there's something in them that I recognize and I can admire in in its consistency. Well, because that just fundamentally goes down to, I mean, your view on people, and that's my view on people. It's like, <laughs> they're babies, they're not evil. you know. So what happened to them? What kind of screwed up situations got to that point, and why do they think that, and why do they have that opinion, and how? Why do they see the world that way? I think that's fascinating, and if you do that yeah. consistently, what's filtering in a way that makes out sense. where they can't see the good? Because it's it's like in real life, you know, we don't have enemies and blood feuds for the most part in our real lives, but you do have people that you have conflict with. And most times you have an opportunity to confront people when you have that conflict. You realize that they're just doing the same thing you're doing. They're just doing their best. And the story should represent that in extremes too. But 
you should see that in those people. You should see that glimmer. Even if it's a bad person, you want to see that glimmer of how they were a human being and they ended up doing this. That's what I love about the Hound, because he's like, why don't the gods punish me? It's like, well, do you think they haven't? Jesus. I yeah. found you at the bottom of a mountain. <laughs> Like, why do you think you've had it good? Like, your your brother burned your face off before you were doing bad things. That's why, like, he's like, the, whatever's not done with you yet. So I was like, and I like how they play it, too. I will criticize these next two episodes in some parts because some parts are very clunky, writing-wise. But this part with the Hound and how he, that actor just plays it's so great. Because he's never, even in all this, he's not like, yeah. You know, he's still just as cynical, but you... But you see it through his actions and through his momentary pauses or something. Like, if you asked him, it's like, oh, shut up. Yuck. You know, and he's the well, same way, but you're like, oh, it's actually getting to him. You it's know, just like his relationship with Arya. You could tell. Yeah. At, for, at first, he was saying, like, well, you know, I'll, but he had no good reason to want to help her. At first, he's like, well, I'll get a ransom for you. And then at some point, it became obvious that there was no one he could ransom her to. Right. And that it was a waste of his time to keep walking around with her. At some point, there was a legitimate affection. And him saving her from the Red Wedding stuff and all, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, and wanting to her. save her from Brienne because he really did believe that she was a threat, either by her inability to protect Arya or actually or the her intentions. Or yeah. connection to. So there, there's a nobility there that, that doesn't, it doesn't contradict his earlier actions because he's not doing that because he thinks it's good. He thinks he's doing that because he's bonded with her. Yeah. That's what we're talking about with with a lot of the anti-hero kind of heroes. It's like they have to have a personal stake that gives them the reason to do something good. But in those cases, they are inherently good. Like they just can't accept it. With Clegane, he has a lot more going against him. He has a lot more stuff he's done, but he still can't accept that it's possible for him to do good. And that's interesting. It's like it's like because it's like Theon, where he's like, I well, it. It's a cop out for me to redeem myself at this point. Like I don't well, deserve and, that. And that's a, yeah. We'll jump to that part real quick. We'll circle back to things only. But I love that scene where they're in Volantis, I guess. Right? They stopped and they're drinking and stuff mm -hmm. because they had, they had some. some it's like the, the most intense therapy session. But she's Finally, just like whores. I like We've what been she says. She's this like, season. Yeah, she's like. She's like, just get over it. It's like, if you don't, like, either kill yourself or become the person, because, like, I need you. So stop. Yeah, you're not helping anybody here it's it, feeling bad it's for it. yourself. And that's why, you know, it's a broken man, too, because he's also a broken man. Like, I love that, because they're giving, it's Anne McShane's saying the same thing, too. Him. They're giving the same yeah. advice. She's just a little more harsh. It's like, kill yourself or don't, but you need to be the, the person. Line, that, well, she's had it. You know, like, she, like, I came to get you, and you were so pathetic that you wouldn't even come. And now you've overcome that enough to, you've, you've at least got enough agency to save yourself. So stop being that person. Like, you, like you've they, already made this step in this direction. I like it. They mentioned that in the, after the episode with it. But it's also totally true. Like, he raises his head, and like, it's Theon now. Like, he's back. I was like, oh, cool, but he's better because he's gone through this, you know. Well, yeah, he got he's going to be a... a <laughs> it's all about a weird sort of rebirth, you know, like like Jon Snow had his rebirth because he was actually killed and brought back. It's and like Arya he needs... is going through this sort of rebirth where she is literally trying to find her identity well, and think about figure this. out it's what like, her purpose is. It's like this. And that's it's what like Clegane think... is doing. Right, yeah, if you think about the Hound, the thing that he has to let go is that it's okay to be good. Like, he, it's okay for you just to say, I'm on the good side and not, you know what I mean? Like, because he just wants to be on the good side. 
with with Theon, it's like it's okay to let go of that stuff. It's almost the same thing. It's like I've done bad and I've always done bad. But he's instead of taking this thing of where he becomes a monster, he just becomes this creature, this pathetic creature. And she's like, no, it's okay. Just let it go. Move on. With like, yeah. and the same thing with it's the same thing with John and all them too, because John's always been tied to. But I wanted to come to the Night's Watch, and I wanted to do this, and they killed me, and all this other stuff, and and the 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 fact that they have to fight this thing, Sansa kind of knocked him out of that, you know. And Sansa just kind of did it upon herself, it's like, no, they're both like, <laughs> we are not the past now. We are going to do this, and we are going to be the future of everything. Everybody needs that 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 sort of voice, and they all have it in this in this episode in particular, in this arc that they all have. Yeah, and Arya gets that by the end of the next episode. We'll talk about that, but it's all about. She's working. She was like, "Who am I? What am I trying to accomplish?" What's well, also her whole she was arc. driven by like it's good. All that stuff will drive you, and she'll learn how to be a killer and all that stuff. But revenge is not what you're about. You're about being yourself and getting justice. Basically, that's you know, that's different than revenge in a way. It's about fighting. For and the we've good been side. saying that Arya's arc is leading towards her reaching a sense of self, where she admits because because her way of sublimating all that pain and the constant horrific disappointment of always coming in a minute late and finding out that her family is dead. Like she just buries that this right. idea of becoming known is really attractive in, in a, in a broad sense, even though right. she has a hard time embracing it. But this whole idea of revenge just gave her something to focus on to lose herself. And this whole oh, season arc has been about how do you reclaim that? How do you get back to that person? Right. And this, and, and this, ep- this episode is one where, um, the Aria, what was the Aria stuff in this one? This is horrible. The hell? Well, this is the one she gets. <laughs> she does. Aria has a couple missteps that make her kind of dumb. In this, okay, this is the one you where think she... she's doing like a a fade, a fade where she's trying to like very publicly make her exit and. But no, this, she's just being dumb because yeah. So why is she doing is that? that old lady doesn't make up any like, sense. Well, why, why would you not be on the ready? That's what I'm saying. For somebody she, coming to stab you. And why does she have Needle not with her? You know what I mean? Like this. This is the part where the clunky. And the, like yeah, I agree with all the way there. It's a stretch. It's a drag out a little bit here. It's just like, I mean, it's a fun scene. Her selling that guy and stealing the money back, and I like that. But it's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, what are you like? It just seemed like because we need her to get stabbed. And then let me mind you, this will be resolved the next one. I'm, I have a problem with the physical things in the show not actually making sense. <laughs> Sometimes we'll get to that. She gets stabbed and she gets her knife twisted in her. She's okay. multiple stabs, like two yeah. or three stabs to the gut. And it was then a knife twisting. Gets like, <laughs> and I'm sure that water that was not was not probably pure water. water. Yeah. yeah. I was kidding for that so open wound. That probably would have killed you right there. And then she just goes out and then just wandering the street openly. openly mm-hmm. Which I don't she know why they wait to catch up to her then, which is weird. So I felt that was super clunky and it felt like a weird way to end the episode. It felt like that was just a... I felt like you sort of dragged some suspense there, like what's going to happen. Well, you didn't see her die, so she's not dead. Just like Clegane, you didn't see him die; he's not dead. I just don't like that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Everybody's like, sword teacher is probably alive somewhere. I just don't like that. It's like, yeah, it's just like that's abnormal for this season to stretch something out that way because that was just dragged out. Like we we need this to be a two episode arc when it's really just a one episode arc. I'm not a fan of that in shows at all. Like Walking Dead that, that did that this year with Glenn. You know, it's like, is he dead? I was like, well, he's probably not dead. He's like, why would he die off screen and you just cut away from it? You know what I mean? Like, 
It's just dumb because I just feel like it's. I feel like it's fake. It's like yeah. Well, it cheap. is fake. That's a cheap. That's a cheap cliffhanger. Shit. Yeah. So that when that they st- would have done just as well to wrap her story in this episode that way. They didn't need because you could do an episode she's not in at all. Like it's not like we have to have an Arya scene in every episode. Well, they could have the one where she tries. She's got the one where she tries to get the ship and moves on. You know. Okay. We we've got that at least established, and now she's waiting. My well, fa- true. You could have just had the thing where she she books passage, and that's all we see over this episode. But that we did get worked. some interesting stuff. We had the King's Landing stuff, which is really weird. Um, like they had uh the yeah. <laughs> the the, the really weird scene with the, the High Sparrow and Marjorie, <laughs> right? He's talking about like. Because apparently the High Sparrow and King Tommen are close enough that he talks about not having sex enough. Well, Tommen's just dumb. So he thinks of the High Sparrow as a confidant. But he's just a little kid, and he's so easily manipulated. But it's so funny because uh, the obvious thing is there. You've got to give it up for the king because I'm trying to keep his grace in my grace. And the way I do that is by sort of... Subtly suggesting to him that I am the genie of all his wishes. And he told me that he's upset that you are not having sex with him. So it's really important to me that I'm the one that convinces you to do it. Because then he'll see that, that I was effective as an agent. And it's part regard. of like solidifying the crown and the the, the religion yeah. thing together. In a long like term, if you want to say, yeah, we create an heir that, that we can also manipulate. But just for right now. It's necessary. <laughs> so, and I hope her plan, long-term plan is good because she's like playing the long game. But I love the thing where she's like, I don't feel excited. Anything. What does he say? He says, Congress does not require desire on a woman's part. Only patience. Yeah, only patience. It's like, that's a great line. Like, <laughs> love that. Jesus. And she's like, and she almost gets thrown back back. She's like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> well, because uh, well, she's, <laughs> on the one hand, she's probably not that down with, with Thomas. But we know we don't, she doesn't mind it. But she probably yeah. thinks it makes her look more pious to abstain. He's like, no, girl, you've got to get in that. We have got to secure that king. He's like, that's a good scene because we see more and more that these things that he does are just showing us that, that he's only out for power, whatever he yeah. says. And it's weird, though, because in that scene, the way he's so enthusiastic, you start to see, like, oh, she's totally playing him now. But then, and I think that's true in that sense, but he also still recognizes his power because it, it ends with, you know, have you checked on your grandmother? I really fear for her safety. It's like, damn, yeah, dude. Exactly. So you just threaten her. So I was like, do yeah. you know that Marjorie's playing you? Or like, I don't, you know, it's a very, I like this intrigue that's it's going like on. It's kind of the little thing. finger thing. It's like, we both know that we're being played, but we we think, I think my end game is stronger. So we're yeah. both going in with this little this little play that we've put together. Yeah. Sooner we're going to call your cards and call your bluff and see if yeah, we'll but, find out who's actually got it, yeah. I like that, though. I think it's just very subtle. And I love the conversation. Then she goes and talks to her, and it's just like, hey, Marjorie's good. And then I like, she gives her the piece. Of, I like that she's like, I can have you thrown out of here, you big oaf. She's talking to whatever her. Yeah, does whatever. it talk? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then she gives her the rose, which is a good thing. You know, it's just simple. I was like, oh, cool. Okay, that's all she needed. She knows I'm here. Chill. Just go. Leave. So I like that. It's and a very it'll be because it is funny, you know, when you have <laughs> you've got the Lannisters like Cersei is like, well, we all need to stick together. It's like, well, you screwed us all already. So the only thing I get out of that is seeing how how badly it works for you too. 
That's my only yeah. consolation is knowing you're all so miserable. Yeah. But you did this to all of us, and it's yeah, too Cersei's late. looking pretty rough. I mean, like, not looking rough physically, but just like her situation is. We'll get to that more we'll next see. time. Yeah, in the next episode, just, we see a little yeah. bit more of that. Yeah. yeah, but this is just like, oh, crap. Because then I love how we cut to, but who's doing pretty good? I like Jamie away from the castle. It's badass Jamie again. I love watching him just talk down. I know, just fray. It's like, just, skin that smoke I can see what happened. That's basically what he's doing yeah, for that scene. Give it to some praise. I said, yeah. I said draw. So like Yeah, and then and then we get to see him do that, and then we get to see the blackfish do that to him, basically. Which is so awesome. He's like, you know, I like because they talk about this, like, I don't know. Everything they say is normal because you believe it, but then how that ends, I just love it. He's like, I just was bored. <laughs> you know, sieges are boring. And he's like, it's like I just want to see like get an impression of you. He's like, I'm disappointed, to be honest. <laughs> it's like, damn, that's like a but that's that little clash is great, I think, between the both of them. Well, what's awesome about about that is, you know, Jamie is striving to be what he thinks of as a man of honor, right? And he and thinks everybody he's, always addresses he's him dealing as with them honorably, and but Kingslayer, <laughs> they look at him like they do the phrase. They're like, "Oh, well, what about that promise you told my sister?" It's like, well, you know, I couldn't find him, so. A, he's not going to say, like, I actually gave my sword to some lady and sent her out to 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 help her. But he's just like, well, they, we didn't find them. Yeah. So I'm not here. They don't really really bring it up in the, in the show, but I was mentioning before, technically that promise also extends to not raising arms up against her family at all, which would have included the Blackfish. We don't, we'll see that a little bit more in the next episode, how yeah. he tries to resolve this issue. But that's part of the driving force behind him wanting... The, the show sort of builds it up to say, well, Brienne is here and he doesn't want this to become... They make it a personal issue where I don't want to end up fighting Brienne. So the only way to yeah. keep that from happening is I've got to find some way to force a resolution where there's no fight. Yeah, I like how he says... So like I made the oath, and well, I couldn't find you know we couldn't. And he's he's like, "What do you want to continue your imprisonment?" <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, that's the deal." I mean, you didn't get her, so <laughs> like, saying. I mean, that was the deal. So <laughs> I love the blackfish. No, I don't think awesome. they, Yeah, it's he, all he looks scales. the part. And then he noticed Jamie's like wearing Tywin's armor, and it looks a little kind of weird. Like it, it's his other stuff look better, but now it's like I don't know. It's just kind of clunky. But I, it's it's just interesting because I feel like he's really kind of in this episode we see him kind of playing house a bit, like you said, trying to be do the right thing, but just not. And then I feel like for better or for worse, he starts becoming a little more like active in the role next week. So yeah, we'll see that. Which I think is interesting. We never because we've never seen Jamie do that. Principles behind people's actions. You know, we never saw Jamie do that. I mean, we saw him be. I mean, the broken man could refer to him because in fact, we when we saw him when he was at his best, and he was the broken man. But even he's never actualized himself and his personality ever on the show. So I can't. I think it's interesting we're moving towards him being out in the world and learning some lessons, you know, and trying to. I like how, how that that name though. Again, it, it, it refers. It's to the him blackfish like it too. The hound blackfish like it refers too. to the blackfish just like it refers to Theon. and Edmir. Edmir. Too. Like, yeah, it's all, all about. And most of these characters are all looking at not a point of apotheosis, but some kind of rebirth because Jamie's rebirth has happened ever since he lost his hand. It's what they've been trying to reforge Jamie 
Like, who are you right. now? Because you're not that, per- you're not the perfect warrior anymore. So who are you? What kind of man are you? We got Braun back now, too. Oh, I just love to see Braun and stuff. Yeah, yeah. he's always Now fun. he's like a military expert, too. He's like, dig these trenches. <laughs> I just mm-hmm. love, that's such a great... It's easy to look like an expert around the phrase because they're all just a bunch of idiots. Just <laughs> like, what are you doing? Right trash or whatever. That's they, are like, they are like the trailer park house and everyone's like uh and everyone including their allies despise them because of what that's what's funny no one trusts the phrase he's like you just let eight thousand men march un- unchallenged into your camp <laughs> yeah, like, nice job he's like you're very glad that we're friends because <laughs> i thought that was great so this is good. The other, the, this that scene, that whole exchange, and then the Blackfish is a favorite. But then when we get to um, Bear Island, I love this scene. Yeah, <laughs> little Lady Mormon. Mormon. Because I love it too, because they're they're spending way more budget on like these establishing shots. We got it with Horn Hill, you know. And then mm-hmm. Horn Hill and this are very different from places we've seen. So it really does feel like an intro, like some big video game. Like, you know, we have these different. Yeah. You got it. Uh, yeah, some, some real world building because we have to see. Especially since these are places we heard about in the books, like it's right. exciting to see them because it looks like freaking like Rivendale when they show it. I'm like, what is this? Where are we? <laughs> like, and where they are they? That. I mean, you get the fun reveal that and she's like a twelve year old on some running, island running, and the, that's what uh, I love. Thing because th- that sort of represents everything because she's just like the Starks because it's all the Stark children who are having. It's so strange to see all these children of the houses coming together and trying to be. The, the lords and ladies of these great houses and they're just, just sort of the broken orphans of, yeah, of they all what's are. left. And even Davos is of Stannis, basically, right? So, like, I love yeah, this Yeah, and he be- never was a proud house. Stannis is what is who made him a knight. Right. And so, so I love, and he's a broken man, too. So I love how, <laughs> um, like, John says this thing and she's just not impressed because she's like, this is Stark stuff. She's like, Stark's blah, blah, blah. And then, I love how Sansa's like, well, you know, I'm the other girl here. I can come in and and she's like, didn't she get her like, oh, I thought you were a Bolton. Or is it a Lannister? <laughs> yeah. and I was like, geez, Louise. Like, it's damn, true. girl. She's married a lot. <laughs> it's like, I don't, I, whatever rumors For are a true. a 12-year-old. <laughs> yeah. And then I love how Davos is like, get, listen, guys. Like, I love because it kind of mirrors his relationship with Maureen. What's her name? Maureen or whatever. Sansa's daughter. Stannis' daughter. Stannis' daughter. Yeah, uh, that yeah. burn. I think. Well, it's yeah, because he, yeah. his earnestness is, is so. But what... no, but I, but I think this relationship. He's like, oh, I know because I understand what you're going through, and I understand. But he says that he doesn't mention her, but neither if he mentioned her too, because he, she's the daughter of royalty that's sitting here and under all this pressure. And then he had like, I just like that relationship because it had echoes of that, you know, because he had a real relationship with her, taught her to read and everything, so. And then he convinces her because he, he just does what he does best and he talks to people normally. Because <laughs> well, he's, he's like, not a lord or anything. He just right. has this cut through the shit sort of attitude. And like, that's what we need. It's like, we're not we're not that anymore. We're, we're what's left of that. So let's stop with all the heirs and you, you pledged your house to whatever and blah, 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 blah. And let's just lay out why they should be helping us. Why it's necessary. Yeah. And what we're trying to guy. accomplish. Like your grandfather wanted him to be that, you know, it's... So that's, is that Jorah's niece? Um, I don't know. I guess he would be. I mean, it certainly wouldn't be Jorah's daughter. It's like the Lord Commander's granddaughter, right? I guess. Yeah. Okay. So that's interesting. And they all left and her dad must have died with them. So then, and their mom died, right? 
So. Yeah, and it's such a perfect thing. They say, okay, so how many troops do you have? Like, 62. Oh, that's, that's what I mean, because it gets really intense, and it's like, it's John. She's like, you're a failure, basically. Your house is a failure. And then to Sansa, it's like, damn, she just burns her. And then to Davos, it gets really serious, and it's very emotional, and she's all that stuff. And then she's like, we have 62. It just ends on a joke, which I love, which is like, okay, that's funny. But that's also <laughs> such a perfect representation of what's going on in the story because, it's like yeah, we only have bears, 62. Right? But first of all, it's 62 more guys than you have, and so I have my house still. They're equal to 10 normal men. Yeah, they're equal to 10 normal yeah. men apiece. And, and they are because where they're positioned, they can, they can defend that position. The only reason they lost so many men is because they went out to help Rob. And I love that you know, they say that. All this happens, like, we were fine here. We don't laugh at how few people we have left when you got them all killed. I like that. I like the idea that we might see some of them in action. But then I love that she goes, too. Yeah. She's at the encampment at the yeah. end. I was like, that's awesome. She's, she's awesome. A, she's prepared to fight. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So I, she's my new favorite character, I think. I, lo- I, w- I mean, I think there's not going to be much of her, you know, maybe. I don't know. Maybe she'll extend beyond this season. But I wish. That'd be neat if she's a... They're not going to go into her story, but it just we need if she's a fun brawnish side character, you know, who gets yeah, to quit every bringing now and everybody <laughs> in, yeah. That's so okay. So so we get that. That was good. Good episode. Okay, so that's some fun stuff. We get some more fun stuff coming up. We see the resolution of some of the stories too. You can listen to other episodes of TV on the Throne at tv8mydinner.com. You can also listen to episodes of TV at my dinner at tv8mydinner.com. And uh, follow TV at My Dinner on Facebook, and you keep up with that and Game of Thrones stuff at the same time. We also have a Star Wars podcast called Cloud City Social Club, which is at cloudcitysocial.club, and a Star Wars blog at uh, expandinguniverse.club. Also started another site now called heroesalwayshelp.com. So we're starting out, started a brand new superhero comic strip running every day. Yeah, I saw that. I checked that out. Heroes I liked that a lot. Help. That was cool. Yes, we'll be running that. I got it's about six weeks worth of it, so now I don't know how long the storyline's going to go, but we'll have those black and white dailies throughout the week and then full-color Sunday strips every Sunday. So that'll be fun. That's a fun new thing we're trying. Andrew, you also have Digital Dads. Oh, yeah. Digital Dads, Debug Log, all that Debug. stuff. Check it out. <laughs> so there's those. So always something coming your way. We have some more TV at my dinner coming out soon. We've got a cornucopia of nerdery for it. Oh yeah, it never pleasure. ends. Fantasy, sci-fi, <laughs> yep. superheroes, exactly. whatever. We'll mention them all on the same show. The hell That's really. what we do. It's just <laughs> what's your pleasure, sir? Just we like, put it all on together, and it, what comes out is just us bitching about BBS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and somehow it always ends up being about Superman, no matter what the theme of the show. Yeah, right now. So. Oh, speaking of Superman, <laughs> it's funny they say that. You know, they just they announced a couple weeks ago that Superman was going to actually appear on the Supergirl TV show. Oh yeah, that's how they cast somebody. I didn't mm-hmm. know that and guy. And they cast him now. Yeah, I don't know him, yeah. but he looks super manny. That means we're I was kind of hoping they bring Batman in Tom Welling. TV show too. I just want to see Superman on TV. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's both good. of those and the Batman Detective Comics TV show. That's what I want. Detective Comics. Yeah, Detective. Yeah, that would be. Fun. And uh, we'll come back next week and talk some more Game of Thrones. So until then, my name is Sean, and I'm the Broken Man. Talking about thrones. Yeah. Just talking about thrones. It's talking about thrones. (laughs) Damn straight.
crazy. Yeah.